You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 28. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to College Success Habits. We are rolling in to the holiday season. Now, I think I mentioned this in an episode or two ago. Sometimes I am a little worried about saying what episode number I am at at the beginning of the show or what time of the year it is because uh, sometimes I will shoot four or five of these things in a row so that they're all you know bulk shooted. Is it bulk shooting is a term we use in the industry, so we're not doing these every week because it's actually quite uh, a lot of time in preparing the show notes and doing the research. And so there's a lot of times where uh, I'll do all the research and I'll shoot them all at once because then I have a whole month where I don't have to worry about the show. And I just did that. In fact, uh, I, I shot an episode I called 28 and it's now been moved to episode 30 because looking at the calendar, I realized that it is a week before Thanksgiving when this episode will come out. And so I wanted to talk about going home for Thanksgiving. And this is going to work for Christmas as well, going home for the holidays in general. So in about two weeks, when you hear me referencing the episode as 28 and talking about episode 27 a lot, just remember I said this just now. <laughs> so the numbers are going to be off a little bit. But, you know, I uh, I shoot to tape here, meaning I don't uh, mess around with doing a lot of uh, editing of it because I really want you guys to get a pure, raw idea of what I'm saying. I'm not sitting here trying to maneuver everything around so it sounds perfect because life isn't perfect and I don't want you guys to think I'm perfect because I deal with a lot of the stuff that I talk about in these episodes. I, I deal with myself. So when I'm talking about limiting beliefs and limiting mindset, uh, here in a couple episodes, when I'm talking about how you process external events, these are things that I've had to learn. These are things that I go through. Um, no one is perfect, let alone me. And just because I'm on this microphone doesn't mean I have figured it all out. But I'm definitely working on figuring out as much of it as I can. We're always growing and evolving. So what you think you know now, a year from now, you'll be like, oh, I didn't know anything. Oh, I'm so much wiser now. Uh, and that's going to be something that will always be the case. Somewhere out there right now, there's somebody turning 85 being like, oh, if only I knew at 83 what I know at 85. <laughs> if only. Um, so here we go. Let's talk about going home for the holidays. Um, one of the reasons why this really excites me as an episode is because I remember not going back a lot for the holidays whenever I was uh, my first going to Ball State University, my first college, because I had a lot of resentment towards my mom and dad about the divorce that happened this summer between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college. And so I was not a fan of either of them. So I did everything I could to avoid interacting with them. And hopefully you have a better situation to go back to than I did. Um, but whether you 
whether it's going to be a great situation, a good situation, a perceived bad situation, however it's going to work out, there's going to be a lot of different factors that are going to go into how you interact with the people back home. Now, for some of you, uh, and I certainly remember this happening a lot whenever I was going to Ball State, it was a much smaller school in Indiana. Uh, people came generally from within a couple hours of their homes. And I remember uh, one of my friends, Melissa, who I think you heard back in episode 10. I did an interview with Melissa. She's now an um, uh, academic advisor at a community college there in, in uh, her hometown of Columbus where I went to school. Um, anyways, I remember she would go back about once a month to visit her family, maybe maybe even twice. I know a lot of people who would go back almost every weekend. Now, whether you were whether you're that person who's been going back because of a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, or because you're really close to your family and you didn't want to grow apart, whatever it might be, maybe you're a freshman year. I can assure you, by the time you start getting into sophomore, junior, senior year, you're going back a lot less. But that freshman year, for sure, I, I remember there being a lot of people going back regularly. So depending on where I'm finding you, you might be a non-traditional student. And so you might think, well, this isn't going to pertain to me. It, it will. And I'll tell you why. Because we're going to really be going, covering um, the kind of physical, emotional, mental challenges that come from going back. And some of the things that you can just be aware of when you do go back. because. For those of you who are traditional, especially talking to you freshmen and sophomores, um, you know if you whether you've been going if you've been going back a lot, then you're still used to interacting with your parents. If you haven't been going back a lot, then all of a sudden you go from this immense amount of freedom to having your parents around again, right? They might want to put rules, a curfew on you, uh, your behaviors that you've adopted when in college, the new habits you have, the new attitude you might take on this. Perhaps you've been studying a lot of really cool stuff and you have this heightened sense of uh, this heightened ego about you. Like, uh, look at me, I study smart things and you're all not as smart as I am. Um, hope you enjoyed my my Beatlesque London accent there. Um, your attitude when you go back can play a lot into how other people will um, perceive you. And also keep in mind too that your parents have gotten used to a new normal, right? There's the empty nest syndrome that they've been going through, the noise level, the food consumption, um, the cleanliness of their house, but only having it be um, them Ooh, cleanliness. I didn't have that in my show notes. Um, add that. So there's going to be a lot of things. And so let's, let's, you know, now if you're a non-traditional, then we'll get into the emotions at the, at the end of this. But for now, let's just, let's cover some of this stuff. Cause even for the rest of you, maybe you're going to go, you know, you might be a traditional, maybe you're a 30 or 40 year old, uh, person who went back to school. So you're non-traditional. Um, and so you think, well, you know, I don't deal with this. I am a parent or, or I'm older now. And so I don't necessarily have to deal with those things that these younger kids do because I'm a, my own person and I'm my own, my own adult. You're still very good chance. You're going to travel somewhere and see people over the holidays that you don't normally see. And so realizing what's been going on in your life and what, and, and being able to meet them where they're at. And that's really been the overarching thought that I've had as I developed this episode is meet them where they're at because 
I'm going to meet them where they are at. I'm going to make sure I highlight that in the show notes really well for you guys. You can check those out on whatever podcasting app you're listening to me on. Um, Meeting somebody where they're at. You're going off and you're learning these new things in college. You're becoming this new person. And a lot of these people haven't been there for the day-to-day progression. So as you are progressing... You're, you're, you're having these changes. And when you go back, you know, you might have been extremely conservative when you were in high school because your family was. And now you've gone on to college. You're being introduced to more liberal ideas. You're being introduced to a more international um, student body. You're starting to learn different ways of treating people, talking to people, interacting with people. And now you go back and all of a sudden you're dealing with people who have not been in this environment that you've, ha- you've been in. Right, they they have not experienced what you have experienced, and you might go back with some really radical new ideas, behaviors, habits, so much, so many things that you haven't even thought about it. It reminds me of a movie with this guy named Paulie Shore. Uh, he was an old MTV VJ, just aged myself, but he used to go, "I'm the weasel, buddy." Um, some of you may have remembered him from some reality shows recently. Anyways, he's a stand-up comic now in Los Angeles. I see him around from time to time. Dude's hilarious. But he did, I, I, th- I think he did a movie called like Farmer's Daughter or something where he was the, oh, what do they call those? The, the Not the TA, the teachers. It was, um, they don't call them PAs. It's something, if you're in a dorm and there's like a upperclassman who's in charge of making sure all the underclassmen aren't screwing off, right? He's the person who's sort of like you go to when you have problems and you're with a roommate or whatever. I, I forget what they call those people. Um, but they're all, they, each floor has their, their own, like each section, even ha- each hallway would sometimes have their own. Um, but anyways, that was who he was at this school. And she was like a freshman or sophomore or something like that. She goes back and while she's been at college, she's changed her hair and gotten a piercing and a tattoo, and she uses all these different words, and she has these new mannerisms and these new behaviors, and it shocks her family, who lives on a farm and is extremely conservative, and all of a sudden, they've got this long-haired hippie who makes these funny sounds coming out of his mouth, you know, rolling in with the daughter who's got jet black hair now and wears you know, interesting makeup, and it's a hilarious movie. And you can Google it and you can go watch it if you want. But you think about how you may not have changed so radically, but you have undergone some changes. And so understand that the people there aren't necessarily against this new norm for you. They're just not used to it. And so meet them where, meet them where they're at, meaning, you know, understand that they may not know how to interact with you, understand that they might be uncomfortable with some of your new thoughts and ideas and some of your new beliefs that you've adopted since you went to school. Uh, Understand that they're not wrong because of the way they believe, the way they feel, the way they have their values organized any more than you're right because of what you've done in your growth. You know, um, a lot of the times, and I've seen this when I when I've talked to students now, when I go to these campuses, even here in Southern California, there's a lot of rural. Rural is a hard word to say without making it sound like rural. Um, rural farm areas, not too far away from from where I live here in Hollywood, California. Um, I can drive an hour away, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, there's bee farms and and cows everywhere. 
it's a very conservative area and you go off to this liberal college for the most part most of you have gone somewhere even if it's like a really heavily catholic influence or BYU where it's a lot of mormon there there's still going to be some radical ideas and thoughts going on there and you're going to adopt them and you're going to have changed and they're just going to be trying to figure out how to communicate with you so by meeting them where they're at it means just Understanding there's no right or wrong here, right? I I remember my grandparents, not all of them, but there was a few um, who were um, who used some very mean, racist words. And you can't necessarily sit there and, and tell an 89-year-old man not to use racist words because I can assure you when my mom and I did, um, he just turned that vitriol on us, which... I'd rather him sit there and, and say mean things towards me and my mom than the nasty things he was saying about people that weren't even in the house. Um, at the same time, looking back on it, meeting him where it's at, it's like, you know, change the conversation, move to a different topic, realize that talking about sex or politics or religion or race wars or, or you know, um, pro-choice versus um, pro-life, these are going to be some things you might have changed your opinion on. Right, you, you may have thought you were going to go to college and stay the same person, and you don't. So when you go back home and you meet them where they're at, you find topics that you can enjoy discussing with them. Talk to them about your growth in a more of a um, spiritual, like this is how my moral, see when I say spiritual, I talk, I'm meaning like morals, ethics, values, integrity, um, because that's really what religion teaches you, morals, ethics, uh, values, integrity. At least that's what you hope people learn from religion. And so what God you do, what God you follow is of uh, no import in this particular use of the word spiritual because we're just talking about your morals, your ethics, your values, your integrity. And um, so when you go back, talk to them about what you've experienced, why you've changed some of your thoughts. You know, if you came from a very small, predominantly Caucasian uh, section of the country and then you moved to a very international uh, student body and you've gotten to know people from Europe and Africa and South America and, and Asia, all of a sudden you see these people in a completely different light because previously you had no interaction with them at all, the people you go back and see in your hometown won't have had these interactions they won't necessarily understand why your opinion has changed. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that you're all going back to a bunch of racist family members. Uh, what I'm highlighting here is how your opinions, your values, and your beliefs about people, places, things, ideas, um, genuine concepts of science uh, will have morphed, will have changed. Uh, i was sticking with the with the religion or the race thing um, because I remember that being a point of contention um, whenever I went back to Oklahoma after I had gone to a couple universities and I had seen the world and, and lived in Singapore and in the Bahamas and visited Cuba and had been to a bunch of countries in Europe, I just saw the world completely different. And I was always open-minded. I was, I was raised by a liberal mother and a conservative father. And he, he was really just Republican uh, in um, finances only. 
Um, he was very liberal when it came to women's rights and race rights and, and voting rights and things of that nature. He was just very Reagan in that he wanted to keep all his money and he wanted to uh, not pay as many taxes. My mom's super liberal, and so I was, uh, and I'm, she was my main caregiver, so I adopted her um, behaviors, her values, and her morals when it came to um, liberalism as far as um, respecting everybody as a, you know, where they all have equal rights kind of mentality. Um, even as I've gotten older, I've, I've only gotten more into that. Um, you know, there are, you know, I definitely, having grown up on a farm and in a hunting community, I do understand that there is a there is a time and a place for certain kind of guns and uh, not necessarily a time and a place for uh, other kinds of guns. You know, I uh, have some friends who live in a tiny, well, not tiny, considering it's in Southern California, but it's in a city called Santa Clarita, and um, just a few days ago, they had a school shooting there. And so, uh, and I drive by that school regularly. And so it's, uh, that was a little unnerving and sad. And so um, you're going to have different opinions now of guns or of race or of voting rights. You're going to have a lot of, probably a lot of different things. And maybe they're not so extreme, but they're going to be there. And so... Understand that when you go to discuss these new things with people, if you if you talk to them like there is no right or wrong, and you just go to connect, um, me and my old uh, old roommate and still very good friend, um, we would say that you know you we have a, we have one of our life coaches, and one of his favorite things to say to us is, "Do you want to be right, or do you want to connect?" Here we are at minute 17, and I really want that to hit home for you. Do you want to be right, or do you want to connect? If you have to be right when you go home and you start talking about something you learned, something you believe, a new value you have, if you just have to be right, and you can't possibly listen to what the other person has to say, because whatever they're saying is wrong, 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 you're not going to connect. You're going to start a fight, and you're not going to get along. Is that what you want, the undercurrent of this entire experience of going back for the holidays to, to look, feel, and sound like? I mean, really? Right? Everyone has a reason for believing something that they believe. In NLP, of which I'm a master practitioner of, we've learned that through time timeline dynamics, you can go back and you can figure out when their belief system was cemented around this certain idea right if if they believe that everybody is just looking for a handout and doesn't really want to work somewhere in their life they were taught that somewhere in their life they saw it occur and it created it was run through their five senses which we've talked about um actually we would have talked about that last episode but instead it's coming up in two episodes um and wait till I move around the episodes again <laughs> But that one I know for a fact is going to be talking about uh, processing external events and um, understanding uh, how you create memories. Um, Anyways, my point being is that everybody has a reason for why they believe something. It was imprinted, implanted, they matched, they mirrored. There's a reason why it's there. It doesn't necessarily make them wrong, um, even even if it's not socially norm, even if it, even if the political correctness has now uh, gone away from what they believe, um, you know, they'll either catch up and, and catch on, or they'll just, you know, be a part of, you know, history. Uh, they could be very well on the wrong side of it. 
um, time will tell. And you just want to be open to realizing that you're looking for a connection. Because if you come at them with love and that and empathy and wanting to learn more about them and being curious about why they believe something, you have a better chance of getting them to see your point of view than if you just start trying to throw facts and data down their throat. We're going to jump over to the emotional aspect of this, and I'm going to do it with a story because I'm part of Al Gore's Climate Reality Project. I'm one of his climate reality leaders. And when you go to his big seminar and you get all this information and you get pumped up about talking about the climate, one of the reasons that he spends a lot of time talking about the climate and how to interact with people when you give the presentation is because you come up across a lot of climate deniers. And regardless of where you are on this spectrum, please, that's not the point of this story. What is the point is that when you get somebody, well, when I've gotten somebody who stands up and tries to refute the data that we have been shown and given slides for and that is scientifically proven, uh, the way he teaches it is to bring more data to the table. Right. If you say that the oceans are going to rise three inches every year until everybody's underwater and we have to get gills or, we, or we're going to drown, he just throw more data at the problem. Well, that's not how I do my presentations. When someone stands up and wants to refute what I've said, I instead ask them why they believe what they believe. I, because they want to be heard. Right. If you go home and you say, I have this new belief, I have this new value, and someone jumps in and says, nope, 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 that's not what the Constitution says, that's not what the Bible says, that's not what I've always taught you, they have a reason for believing what they believe. So when somebody stands up and says, I don't believe that climate change is real, I'll ask them, well, you know, what's, why don't you? Right. They have their reasons. They want to be heard or they wouldn't even have stood up. When you're going home and somebody gets emotionally triggered because you bring this new idea into the house that they haven't heard before or they haven't heard out of your mouth or they've heard out of your mouth or they've heard before but they don't want to deal with it over Thanksgiving or Christmas, they're going to get emotionally triggered. And when people get emotionally triggered, they don't, they don't use their rational mind, they use their emotional mind. And that emotional mind wants to be heard. Even if, it, even if you think it's completely wrong, it wants to be heard. If you want to connect with them, you will start to ask questions for why they believe that. Because the more you listen to them, the more they're apt to listen to you. And I mean, look, they might sit here and you might say, nope, Jesse, I have tried to do this with my grandma, grandpa, and I've literally talked to them blue in the face. It could possibly take 4,000 straight hours for them to get done with why they think the way they think before they're even willing to hear you. And it might seem insurmountable, but if you're willing to put in the time, they will come to a place where they can at least love you and therefore be okay with how you think because they love you. Right. I think about whenever I remember like John McCain, um, I think it may have been another politician who they were very much against, um, um, homosexual rights until like, I know for a fact it happened with John McCain. His daughter came out as a lesbian and then all of a sudden he started to change his tune, right? Until it, until it came into his house, he didn't understand how love trumps everything and how love can overru- overrule any negative that you might have towards the way somebody thinks. If you truly love them, then you can at least 
be okay with how they want to see something, even if it's not how you want to see something, because there's that love there. And, you know, now, mind you, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of time with them. It doesn't mean that you have to call them all the time. If it's a friend or a girlfriend or boyfriend and the way they feel and think is, is so, you're just like, nope, nope, nope. I, that's not who I want to be with. I don't want to have that kind of thought process in my house. I don't want to have my, I don't want to have my kids raised around that. You can make that decision. And that doesn't mean you're closed minded. You're making a decision for what serves you best and you move on it. We've talked about this in other episodes and you, we're talking about it now. You can decide whether you want to have that quote-unquote toxic energy around you. But when you go back for the holidays and those people are going to be around you, look to connect. Don't look to be right. Ask questions. Be curious. You may never actually have the opportunity to express your point of view the way you want to. It might just be about you learning patience and subtlety and being grateful for the lessons they teach you. I know for a fact that listening to my grandpa drop the N-bomb at Thanksgiving one year, like it was the word the, has taught me how disgusting that word word is and was, right? And there's not a time that I can hear that and it doesn't make me cringe. And it, it taught me, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to feel towards strangers the way this man does. And it taught me to ask questions and be curious and look to open up to people and learn more about who they are. Because in the end, we're all humans and we just want to have a full belly and a warm place to sleep. And we want to have safety and we want to have security. And that's what you should be looking for when in all of your interactions. And when you go back home for the holidays, yes, your parents might try to throw some rules or some curfew at you. They might be un they're not used to your be new behaviors, your new habits, your new attitudes, right? They've also got new behaviors, new habits, new attitudes. You don't live at the house anymore. You're not coming home every day. They're not used to the food being consumed the way that you do or how leaving your shoes at the front door. They're used to a clean house. They're, they're not used to music playing whenever you want to play it. They're used to having their environment controlled by them or maybe your brothers and sisters. But now you've left. You're not in the day-to-day. And now you get thrown back into this pond and they're looking to see how you interact with them just as much as you're wanting to know how they're going to interact with you. And for you non-traditional students um, who might have, might be parents, might have full-time jobs, you're going to go around people that perhaps anyways, you're going to go around people you haven't seen in a while because it's the holidays and that's what you do. Maybe you go to a friend's giving and you're around complete strangers except for the one or two people that you know that invited you. And they've just mixed all these different friends they have in their apartment and you've never met each other, right? This is an opportunity to get curious, to, to ask people questions, to get to know people, to learn about a whole different person that you never would have experienced had it not been for this holiday. Meet people where they're at. Be curious. I'm going to put that in the notes. Be curious. Be curious is is really key. And, you know, be friendly about it. About whatever it is you talk about. Because 
so many people I know will not talk about religion and politics and sex and, and certain things because those are just like hot button issues, right? And I get that. I totally get that. So know what to talk about, know what not to talk about. Um, and that's about it. We're going to wrap it up there. Um, going home for the holidays is, it can be, it can seem like it's stressful. I, I'll close up on this. I get anxiety when I go into new situations that I'm not familiar with. And I, you know, everyone's going to say things like, you know, just be yourself, just be friendly, you know, you know, just, you know, mind your manners. There's so many different ways. Just when you start to feel this anxiety about going back home or meeting new people or what's grandpa going to think about your new hairstyle or what's mom going to think about your new views on this, that, or the other, um, just realize that they love you. And I really hope that's the kind of environment you're going back to is one full of love. And that if you go into it with uh, I'm right, you're wrong mentality, you're going to disconnect with them and they're not going to enjoy you being back and you're not going to enjoy being back. You control your emotions. You control the conversations you let yourself get into and how you allow yourself to be emotionally triggered. If you get emotionally triggered, you're not going to stay open and you're going to start closing off and you're going to snap back. You won't connect and you're going to focus on you being right and them being wrong. And trust me, having watched some people throw data at me right and left about why they don't believe in climate change. And before I took on this curiosity for why they didn't want to believe it and why I did, I would get emotionally triggered and they'd get emotionally triggered and it would just turn into a debate and no one won. I've gotten way further ahead with at least them beginning to, you, you got to crack that door ever so slightly before you can even begin to see the light come through it. And that happens when you decide that you'd rather connect than be right. All right, that's it for this episode. Y'all have a great time going back for the holidays. I'm releasing episodes all the way through the holidays. And if I keep everything in the right order, then next week we're going to talk about finals. Yes, we are, because here they come. And in some cases, you guys might already be dealing with that kind of stuff. So I can't wait to get into that one. Again, this has been talking about going home for the holidays. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review me on whatever podcasting app you listen to me on. Uh, it goes a long way in getting me a higher up so people can find me easier. Thank you so much for all of you who reach out and let me know how much this has helped you in your college career and life. As always, I am honored that you take the time out and give me 30 minutes of your days each week. I really do truly appreciate you. It is just be through the moon the success that this show is already starting to show at such a young age. Until we meet again, have a happy holiday. Be well. Be kind to one another. Remember, inclusivity starts with connecting, not trying to be right. Love y'all. Bye-bye.